Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast, where we help business owners connect to their profits and earn their freedom. Join us as we discuss ways you can grow your small business, build your wealth, and help others along the way. Here's your host, Dan Cotton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and tonight we are going to be talking about the time of year that it is right now, which is moving into tryout season. Right now, we're transitioning from one season to the next. We're still in the middle of one, but we're starting to gear up and get ready for the next season. And if you're anything like me and you listen to my previous podcast on avoiding burnout, you are probably feeling a little bit exhausted right now. Uh, It is a really trying time. You know, I I often talk to Tori about how, Tori's my wife, for those of you who haven't listened to my Working with a Spouse episode from last week, Um, but we often joke about how we're, we always say, oh, we just have to get through... We just have to get through tryouts and then things will calm down. And then we just have to get through team placements and then things will calm down. And then we just have to get through camp and then things will calm down. And then we just have to get through choreography. And then we just have to get through comp season. And the reality is is that things never really slow down. Uh, We are just always kind of running a million miles a minute. And that is the joy and the excitement of being a business owner. But right now especially, it can be really exhausting as you're gearing up for end of season events and you've got a million things going on. On top of now pre-planning for the next season, it can just be really, really tiring. And it's a challenging and exciting time because you are having to balance the fact that you are still in season, you're still getting ready for end of season for most of you, and you're also trying to gear up for the next season. So you're really divided attention. You're kind of living in the moment at the end of things. You've got seniors graduating. You've got people leaving the program who who can't come back. And then you're also out there trying to promote next year's teams and grow the program and grow the gym and make sure teams are set up for success. So uh, you're living in kind of two different worlds as one thing ends and the next thing begins. And they're, they're in very close proximity. And that's just one of the challenges of what we do in cheer, having a year round sport where there really isn't any sort of an off season. And that's actually something I want to talk about too is is the concept of off season and and how do you give kids a break and what can you do to make things a little bit easier for families and kids to be a part of cheer long term. So even though this is exciting and it's challenging, it can also be a really, really scary time if you are Um, whether you are starting your program for the first time or you are like us and you're in your, I think we're going into our 12th season as owners, you're heading into the next season. Uh, It can be really, really scary because you're set, you're sitting there going, okay, well, what if, what if we lose a bunch of athletes or what if no one new joins the program or, you know, there's a lot of what ifs and there's a lot, there can be a lot of stress Uh, associated with that. I know that way back in the day before we implemented some of the things I'm going to suggest to you, it was literally we found out on tryout day how many people were coming to tryouts. Um, And while that was cool in the sense of at tryouts, it was really exciting. The tryout day of, you know, tracking the numbers of who was coming in to try out. And, you know, we kind of knew who was coming, but there would always be those surprises and it was really exciting. And, um, 
The reality is, is that the new systems that we have in place, they don't decrease that excitement. We still get those people who show up to tryout day um, and we weren't expecting. And when I say tryout day, I'm actually talk about what terminology we use, but show up to that day and it's it's really exciting and it's no less exciting than it was before and, and now it's just less stressful. So what are some things you can do to reduce some of that anxiety and that stress of like, oh my gosh, what if no one comes back? Well, the number one thing, if you follow uh, us on social media, if you follow any of the other next gen uh, coaches and owners, every single one of us runs pre-registration. And what pre-registration is, is signing up for the season well before tryouts. Um, And what that does is it saves people money. So for us, there is a financial incentive to Uh, pre-register. It actually, if you pre-register... Uh, over a month in advance. Our, our first set of pre-registration ends tonight on, um, I'm recording this on Thursday night on April 31st. It ends tonight and then, or it's not April 31st, gosh, March 31st. And tomorrow is April 1st. And so tomorrow the price goes up $25 to register. And then the day of tryouts, the price goes up $25 more. So technically speaking, I'm losing $50 per registration by doing pre-registration as opposed to what I could make uh, if I just charged everyone the 125 the day of tryouts. Now, for our size of program, that's actually a pretty big financial hit. That's, for instance, what we have about right now, we're hoping, we'll see what happens tonight, that we're getting close to 100 athletes pre-registered uh, for the season. Well, 100 athletes times five or 50 bucks that's a big chunk of change that we are potentially missing out on. But losing that money to have the security and comfort and confidence, as well as some of the other benefits that come with pre-registration, is absolutely worth it for us. So I would encourage you, start pre-registration. And you can start now. If you haven't done it, you can start it now. What you need to do is figure out what is your financial incentive, like what is the the reason people want to pre-register and generally saving money is a great opportunity. Also do some sort of an offering, maybe a giveaway. We did a free uh, private lesson package. You can also do a, a backpack or a fanny pack or just some core gear you have in your gym. It can be leftover pro shop stuff. It could be anything, um, but give some incentive for people to, to uh, register early. So think about those things and start pre-registration. And one of the great things about pre-registration is it allows you to make money right now at a time when oftentimes we're all making a little bit less uh, due to just collecting tuition and not additional assessments that have profit margin built in. But I already mentioned it's going to reduce stress. It's going to tell you how many people you have coming, what your registration looks like. uh, Are you going into the next season with you know, uh, less people registering or more, you know, it might build some excitement for you, but it's also going to tell you what of your current clients you may have a retention issue with because those people who don't take advantage of the cost savings, there's generally three reasons. One is that they're just unplugged and they don't pay attention to band or social media uh, and or they just get easily distracted. Two is they're kind of on the fence about things um, and they, they're they not really sure that they're going to come back. And then three is they've made the absolute decision that they're not returning and they are not coming back and there's nothing you can do to salvage it. 
Um, so those tend to be the three reasons that people don't take advantage of pre-registration. I guess the fourth would be they maybe just don't have the money available right now. Uh, but generally speaking, if it's under a hundred bucks, people can find the money if it's something that they really want to do. And those are actually going to be the people who are likely to want to save money. So it allows us to see where our potential problems are. And what we love about it is then I use that information to go and talk to those athletes and say, Hey, I see you haven't registered for next year. Like what's going on? What are you thinking? Are, are you, are you going to do something else and start to ask them questions? And one of the best things I can do is say, man, I'd, I'd really hate to lose you or I'd really love to coach you again next year or hear their concerns and maybe they're valid and say, I'd love the opportunity to try and fix some of those things right now. And so I'm really glad I know before the season's over, let's see if we can make those things a little bit better and uh, see if we can correct those issues so you feel better about coming back next year because you're a big part of the family and we would hate to lose you, right? It gives you that opportunity to interact with your client. Know there's a problem without them outright saying there's a problem. And the thing I like about pre-registration versus just putting out a survey of who is coming back is people aren't going to necessarily lie to you with their money. It's very rare that someone's going to pre-register just so you don't bug them so they can quit without you asking any questions. People on surveys will absolutely lie and say, yeah, I'm coming back, even though they don't necessarily intend to or they don't want to talk to you about their issues. So it allows you to talk to people and touch base with them and get them to register for the next season um, and try and correct those issues. It also will tell you those people who are like, I'm just not doing it or I'm moving next year or I just hate cheerleading. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to move on. And it allows you to like leave them with a better taste in their mouth, hopefully, and say, I totally understand that you're feeling that way. We're always here. I'd love to see you in the gym tumbling um, and Believe it or not, some of those kids end up coming back. Uh, they realize they miss it and, and return. Also, um, as I mentioned it's scary. The next thing you really need to be doing is promoting on social media. If you are not promoting that you are starting a new season on social media, you're missing out on opportunities to let people know that you have uh, the opportunity to join teams going on. This is always our one of our biggest uh, website traffic, Facebook traffic, Instagram traffic points of year, um, times of year, because people are constantly looking around and looking at what we're doing, and we're doing a full court press on promoting what we do. Uh, so use social media to your advantage. Um, reels are so hot right now. Um, start putting reels together. If you don't know how to do it, uh, get with some of your athletes. Hey, how do I make an Instagram reel? Start putting out reels and promoting what you do at your gym and, and trying to share your brand with people. You know, let them really understand who you are, feel who you are, um, because it can go a long way to building engagement and getting people excited to join your program. So utilize social media, promote it, promote it, promote it, um, and feel free to I, I think you should feel free to, when you see great things on social media, great ideas, use them, copy them uh, as much as you can. You know, you see a really engaging post from Coca-Cola. Uh, well, don't steal the exact post, but like take that and then frame it within your, your company and your brand. Uh, you may see, you know, follow cheer gyms from other sides of the country and you may see a really great uh, promotion of the next season uh, their tryouts, evaluations, whatever it is they call it, and and take that idea and mold it and use it. Uh, you know, use those great ideas 
that are out there. There's so many people putting out really amazing content that can inspire uh, good ideas. So that's what I I would really highly suggest you do right now to help take some of the stress and anxiety and fear about tryouts away. Um, I also would absolutely suggest you be marketing on social media, uh, doing paid advertising, using Facebook to your advantage. If you don't know how to do those things, it can be a very daunting process. I totally understand that's something that we at NextGen can help you with if you're one of our Academy members uh, or you're interested in joining the Academy. We can absolutely help you with marketing, help you understand how to get your website functioning well um, and, and gaining you more clients. I mentioned earlier that we have around, we're hoping to have about 100 registrations. I don't think we're at that yet. Um, And I can tell you that that entire process is essentially automated. We just check our email and boom, got another registration. Oh, hey, we got, I was talking to Tori on the phone before I got uh, on to do this recording and she was like, oh, hey, we just got three more registrations tonight. Um, And that is not, no one's having to get on the phone. They do this all online. They pay online. We get emails. Then they start getting emails of, don't forget the parent meeting. This is how you sign up for your evaluation time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's all automated. So it's essentially fully automated, hands-free, people can join our program. Uh, So I can't tell you how freeing of an experience that is to have revenue coming in and have it be essentially hands-free, automated. Uh, There's a few little things we have to do. There's work on the front end, but once it's done, it's set and running. So let's talk about a theory that I have. And that theory is, is the term tryouts ruining your athlete retention and or athlete gains. So I we haven't used the term tryouts in our gym for a long time, although people use it regularly uh, and we know to kind of synonymously correct it to uh, what we want to call it. Uh, we haven't used the word tryouts for a long time. But I was doing some research um, a couple weeks ago because I've talked about this with other people and I just thought, I'm going to Google the definition of tryouts. I just want to see what Google says tryouts are. And what was funny is the definition um, had examples. And one of the examples that the very first example Google had was she would be too distraught to compete in cheerleader tryouts. And I thought, how funny is that? I'm looking at this from a cheerleading perspective. And the example Google gives is an athlete being too distraught to compete in tryouts. And that kind of get cuts to the, the root of my, my concept of the term tryouts is actually potentially driving people away from coming to your program. Because the term tryouts means there's a capability to fail. Uh, there's a capability to be cut, to not make the team. And if you're running a all-star cheerleading business, you want to have teams and things for people of every age, of every ability, from brand new to the most experienced. So you don't necessarily, you're not really doing a tryout. Now, you may do tryouts for a team, uh, and that may be how you do it, is you place, you're placing teams right away. So when they come to tryouts, they are trying out to make a specific team. For us, we have completely changed our terminology, and what we do is level evaluations. That's all we're doing is an evaluation of a level placement. And 
what we look at primarily is tumbling. We don't really look at stunting. And that tumbling gives us our initial base level. So we evaluate athletes and that gives us our base level for that athlete. And then we put those athletes into level groups. And then those athletes practice in their level groups for a period of time, which allows us to do kind of an extended evaluation before we determine teams. And this has made it so we can create the most competitive teams and really be diligent about putting people in the right spots and not making decisions based off of what we saw over a one or two day period. Uh, Because we found that that just kind of, it pigeonholed some athletes, it pigeonholed us as as decision makers and oftentimes put us in a position to put people into spots that maybe were wrong, uh, but they looked really good over those two days. And so we felt that that was going to be a good fit and then it ended up not being. So we've moved to this evaluation structure and then a long-term process of kind of determining what team placements are. This has accomplished a number of things. Number one is when we've switched to evaluations, we've seen our number of people who register to be evaluated go up which is great. We've also actually seen our retention once we place teams also go up. When we were following the old tryout model where people would come in, they would do a tryout, and then based off of their tryout, they made a specific team, we would generally have around, uh, we were lower numbers at that point, we had about, I think, 60 kids on average trying out, and we would have about a 5 to 10% attrition rate, which is pretty high. That's not really what you want. And it's also really hard when you're placing a team and you build a team specifically with these people and then three of them quit because they didn't make the team they wanted to make, um, which is their right to do. Uh, Obviously, we discourage it. It makes things really hard. So by doing an evaluation and giving people the opportunity to prove us wrong, I tell kids that all the time. Hey, if you think you got the wrong level placement, prove me wrong. You know, make me look dumb. I'm, I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong, so prove me wrong. Um, and it puts the ball in their court to, to do those things. It also allows us the opportunity to soften the blow with people. So if we know they're not going to make a particular team, to start talking to them ahead of time and saying, hey, look, I don't, I don't see that happening this year. This is where I see you're probably going to end up. I haven't made any decisions, but you know, be prepared. This is probably where you're going to be. Um, And it just allows you to prep people a little bit better and prepare. And we've seen our attrition rate. In fact, last year we had zero athletes quit after we did team placements and only one phone call to that where we had to provide clarification. Um, And it was very, very um, minimal impact. Uh, So that was phenomenal. That was great. I used to always be so stressed out uh, the day after, you know, tryouts where you would post teams and you knew you were going to have those emails and those phone calls from people who were so mad that they didn't get what they wanted. And uh, we've really essentially eliminated that from our lives. Every once in a while you have that irrational parent. It tends to happen more when we get do the level placements, um, which causes parents to call and um, want to know why their athlete placed in a specific level. And we have to be a little bit, we have to explain that a little bit and explain they have the opportunity to move up and or down. Um, and go through those things. I'm not going to go into great depth on how we do our exact level evaluation. Some of that stuff is a little bit proprietary and only for our academy members. Um, but overall, this is that's how we run it. So it can be. It's been so freeing for us, and it has really helped our growth over the years. Uh, it's helped us 
get more athletes in the gym and reduce stress on evaluation day. Now, kids still get stressed out, but they are less stressed knowing it's just one day and they have multiple opportunities to prove us wrong later or have things change later. Now, that said, there is one negative, and that one negative is for the athletes that are kind of on the cusp, it can be very stressful for that two weeks to three weeks to a month because they are essentially trying out for a month. And that can be really, really stressful if kids are really motivated to make a particular team. Maybe you have kind of a, uh, a flagship team in your gym. Uh, I know we do uh, have a couple of those teams. Um, and even then, we have essentially flagship teams at every level. And so you're going to have those kids who are kind of on the cusp who really want to move from level one to level two or level two to level three. And they know they're not quite there yet. So it can be really, really stressful for them over the course of that period of time to feel like they're constantly being evaluated and it can create some stress. So the more you can check in with athletes during the process and let them know what they're doing well, what they need to improve on, the better your results are going to be. So that's my advice as you head into this this time of year. If you are going to transition to an evaluation model, it's something you're gonna need to explain to your parents. And I would recommend doing parent education on it do some live videos, send out some information, let them know what it's going to do and how it's going to be beneficial for your kids and for your teams in the long run. Another thing that we do um, in regards to our evaluations uh, that is is really, really positive for us um, is we we do a lot of education on the front end for our parents. They know how this process goes. They know what to expect and their athletes know what to expect on evaluation day, as well as post evaluation, how things are going to shake out and how they're going to find out what teams they're on and how that's all going to work. Um, and that tends to make things uh, really exciting. We can, you can do team reveals in an exciting way. There's all sorts of ways to get creative with it and make it your own. Um, and make it your own experience. Uh, just, you know, the sky's the limit. Another thing we've done that has been really well received, which was not our original idea, is athletes who don't, who are a part of our program don't have to do an evaluation from year to year if they want to stay on the same level. So uh, if an athlete is on a level three team and they don't want to do an evaluation, they're not hoping to move up to a higher level, then they can just not be evaluated and they can stay on level three to start the level assessment groups. Now that doesn't mean, and we make it very clear, it doesn't mean they're guaranteed to make a level three team, but they at least get to start with the level three group. And that includes your kids who, or our kids who had got a mental block during the season and maybe don't tumble in the routine. We still allow them to continue practicing with that level group. Uh, and before, so they have the opportunity to get those skills back. Now, I can tell you that we've leveled down very few times where we've had an athlete who we put back in that level because we that was their level that they were on and then eventually moved them to a lower level team. It's about 50-50 on whether or not those kids stay in the program or whether or not they choose to quit. Now, 
that's going to happen sometimes. Uh, and generally speaking, we know going into level placements, hey, this kid is going to quit if they get put on this level. We're going to put them on it anyways, and we're going to try and sell them on it. But we also know they're going to quit. It allows us to be prepared mentally um, as well as prepare the coaches to understand that that athlete may not be there. But overall, all those little adjustments have really been received well by our program. Our parents really appreciate it. They really appreciate their athletes not having to be stressed out about evaluations. It also is nice for us. It made our evaluation days about half as long because a number of kids just don't participate in evals because they know, because we're very clear with what skills have to be thrown to be in certain levels, they know they're not going to make a higher level, so they don't come to evaluations. They just go, I'm good. Just put me on the level team I'm on right now, and we'll, we'll see how th- things shake out when we place teams. And that's gone really well for us. So that's all my advice. Um, I hope you guys are having a great end of your season. Um, No matter how stressed you are, no matter how little of this you've already done, you can implement all of this in a week. I'm not saying it'll be easy. You'll have to spend some time on it, but you can implement all of these things. You can make a landing page where people can register. You can uh, get your packet of information out. You can change your tryout process, evaluation process. You can do all of those things in a week. It's going to be a lot of work, but you can do it. If nothing else, if you take nothing else from this, I hope that you start pre-registration. If you've already got that and you take nothing else from it, I hope you move to an evaluation model rather than calling it tryouts. Just a slight language change could mean 10 or 12 more kids come and register for your program who would have been too intimidated to come to a tryout because I'm going to get cut and kids don't want to get cut and you want to be a welcoming environment for them and and you don't, as a business, generally speaking, want people to not come and give you a shot just because they think they might get cut because how many times have you met a kid who was saying they weren't going to try out, you looked at their skills and were like, oh my gosh, you're awesome. Like, I please, please, please come. Uh, so kids sometimes will, will self-eliminate themselves when we really want them in our program and they could really benefit us and themselves. Thank you guys for listening. I know this was a shorter episode. We're going to mix it up between interviews, short episodes from me talking about my best business tricks or coaching tricks. Um, we're going to try and keep things fun and keep you guessing. If you liked this episode, uh, please share it with someone who you think would benefit from it. Um, please like share and subscribe. Uh, the more subscribers we have, the more people we know love our podcast and our content. Uh, if you need any help with anything, you can always reach out to next generation gym owners. We are happy to help guide you. We are always looking for more excited business owners to join our Next Generation Gym Owners Academy. We also have our All-Star Academy, which is not just for just focused on all things business, but is really emphasizing All-Star. If you need help building packets, setting costs, and doing those kind of things, the All-Star Academy is a really great option for you as well. I hope you all are doing well. Take care, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Next Generation, Connecting People and Profits podcast. If you love this content, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and head over to our website to sign up for our emails with tips and tricks on how to grow your business.